She sure is pretty, Sheldon. Sheldon? Yes, that's my first name. <laughs> Sheldon! Will you please? Sorry. Sorry. All right. As I was saying. Okay, we all know Sheldon's a funny name. Okay. Okay. I'm done. No more. Good. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric. It's a pleasure to welcome you aboard to another episode. And on this episode, I'll be covering one of the biggest, and, and I, I mean that in both the figurative and literal sense, one of the biggest Spongebob episodes ever, Season 3's Plankton's Army. But before we get there, uh, we have the San Diego Comic-Con coming up in the next week or so, and uh, we will be having some panels for both Spongebob Squarepants, but also I believe they're doing a Rugrats panel as well, so make sure you check those out. One of the biggest things that I pay attention to when it comes to Comic-Con season is the Funko Pops. I'm a big Funko Pop collector. Of course, I've talked about my Nickelodeon collection and uh, my eventual review series. What ends up happening with that is I, I get a video of shot and I'm editing it and then another pop drops for that set. And what really stunk was I had the first one completely done and then another character came out. So it's just right back into the editing bay. But um, that's always going to be a mainstay. That'll be eventual. As far as past Nickelodeon, though, I am a massive pop collector, Marvel, uh, WWE, other comic book characters, movies, TV shows. I, I always kind of like drop little bits of, of my collection on social media here and there, but uh, it's, it's never like a main part of what I talk about here. But I always want to talk about new releases when I can. So if you are a Nickelodeon pop collector, uh, this upcoming Comic-Con is going to be light on your wallet in the uh, quantity sense. But the Nickelodeon Funkos that got dropped for Comic-Con this year are, in fact, Freddy Funko variants. For those that don't know, uh, beyond all of the Funko Pops you probably have seen in stores, the, the mascot of the Funko brand is a character known as Freddy Funko. And every season they do uh, variants of Freddy where they take his head and they place him on different bodies of various characters throughout that year just as a bit of a celebration and they usually make only a limited number of these versions so for those that you know do collect these things and would like to know there are two new Nickelodeon Freddy Funko variants out there uh, one of Crouched Ang and the other of Danny Phantom um, I of course am not attending this year's Comic-Con but if you are please stay safe out there enjoy yourself and uh, hey if you're able to snag one of these Freddies uh, congratulations. You know, I'll be out there on the secondhand market, the usual captain making his deals, trying to sell what he can, but, uh, but yeah, enjoy yourself if you're going to Comic-Con this year, and on to Plankton's Army. The second half of the 58th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, although, if you happened to have watched this episode during its premiere, then you would have seen Plankton's Army first and Missing Identity second, but for every viewing after that, those were flipped because that was the production order. Missing Identity was made first, Plankton's Army made second. But there's a reason for that, because when I mentioned that this was one of the biggest SpongeBob episodes, uh, that, that's not hyperbole, when this was promoted, it wasn't just promoted as your, your regular, everyday new episode. They put emphasis on Plankton's Army. 
Now, it's not a new phenomenon, even up to the end of Season 3, where a SpongeBob episode, during its promotion, will be given a, a separate title that usually will be more marketable. Although, this one I kind of disagree with. Um, to give you some examples, the SpongeBob Christmas episode, like the actual episode, is called Christmas Who. But for its promotion... It wasn't called Christmas Who, it was the Spongebob Christmas special, or if you really want to be a stickler uh, to history here, let's call it by its actual name, Patchy the Pirate presents the Spongebob Squarepants Christmas special. That's its legitimate title that at least most cable providers were, uh, were using, but this isn't something new, is, is what I'm saying, is that usually these episode titles are different than what it's being promoted as, or... Sometimes, like with Shanghai, it's the the episode is a part of a special itself called You Wish, or how SpongeBob's House Party. You know, it's not the episode isn't called SpongeBob's House Party. So there's a few examples that we've had up to this point, but this episode was actually promoted as Plankton's Revenge, and it's weird because the the promotion around the episode was still about Plankton building an army of plankton. They promoted it as such that they didn't, at least in the promotional material I was able to find, didn't give out the fact that it was his family. That wasn't technically leaked in the promotional material. It was presented as Plankton finding somebody evil who would then find someone evil, find someone evil, so on and so forth, building an army. But the episode was just labeled as Plankton's Revenge for uh, for all of the promotional material leading up to it. I mean, they, they obviously didn't have a problem using the term army in the title of the episode. Maybe just promotional purposes outside of Nickelodeon's hand. That's just complete speculation on, on the captain's part. I have no bearing in that. There's literally no information on this, so don't take that information and, and echo that out. But uh, it's just interesting because I think Plankton's Army is such a better title. It's And it's such a marketable title because that's all you need to hear. Plankton's Army, and that tells you everything. When you hear Plankton's Revenge, it, that just sounds like a, another run-of-the-mill Plankton episode. What episode isn't revenge for Plankton? Other than when he's trying to open up his, his own restaurant on the beach. And it's not about the Krabby Patty formula. This episode first premiered in the United States on January 19th, 2004, and it was written by Jay Lender, Sam Henderson, and Meriwether Williams. Our storyboard artist is Caleb Muner. Our storyboard directors are Jay Lender and Sam Henderson. Our animation director is Sean Dempsey, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. When this episode opens up, we are immediately told that it is the 25th anniversary to the day that Plankton first tried to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula, which we are then shown that his initial plan was just to ask for it nicely. It was just a simple question of, can I have it? That was that was his initial plan. What's really nice is that even though throughout this episode we are given several previous moments of Plankton's failures and stealing the formula in both his ideas and the uh, disasters that follow. Um, 25 years, half a uh, quarter of a century, almost said half there, quarter of a century, that is a long time on any endeavor. 
you know, if I'm still recording this podcast 25 years from now, that's a long time. Now, if I'm doing podcasting for 25 years, hey, like to me, that's just still the hobby moving on. But if you're dedicated to one bit for 25 years, that's a lot of dedication to it. Kudos. But what I like is that even though we do get a lot of these moments of, you know, information as to what Plankton was doing, how he was doing it, how he was getting crushed, it's still such a vast time frame of exploration for stories. I not that they probably meant that. I mean, when it comes to the timing of SpongeBob SquarePants, it's gone above and, and beyond with their their lengths of time. Um, so I'm sure in the moment of writing this episode or coming up with it, 25 was just, that is a solid celebration year, 25 years, boom. Not that we might not need to see much according to Plankton. It's, it's all been the same. It's all been just really terrible plans and him getting crushed on and stepped on by Mr. Krabs. Pretty much anyone bigger than him, even his wife, who, by the way, this is Karen's best episode up to this point. I don't know if this is Plankton's best episode. Plankton's army certainly in the top three to top five best Plankton episodes ever, at least in my opinion. If you if you are gasped by that, just remember, come back down to earth. It's my own opinion. But um, when it comes to Karen, though, this is not really as much of my opinion as season three has been really her coming out party as a character. Prior to season three, she was more or less a computer with some levels of personality. But season three, even from the first episode, the algae's always greener, uh, she turned into more of that wife aspect of the relationship, making him dinner. And then here she is comforting him after a rough day. And of course, she would go on to have probably the best moment in the episode, but uh, that, you know, would then eventually derail her for the rest of it. But this entire first half of the episode is, is all about Karen in a way. It's all about Karen hyping up Plankton, being there for him, being a good wife, and even being a better wife when, you know, one of the backbones of a good relationship is just knowing how to, how you can laugh at one another and how you can take a laugh. Plankton needs to, needs to take a, a lesson here or there, but I, I really love, I really love the relationship they've laid out here between Plankton and Karen, um, because honestly, the idea of Plankton and then the, the computer wife, it's a, it's a joke, but then how do you keep that joke going? And wow, I, I, I actually have to give a lot of credit here to, uh, Karen's voice actor. Uh, Karen, you may not know, is is voiced by somebody very close to SpongeBob SquarePants. She is actually voiced by Jill Talley, the wife of SpongeBob voice actor Tom Kenny. Not to you know make their relationship public; it pretty much already already was. And I'm just echoing information that is already existing out there. But uh, how how funny is it that you know once the day is done. Uh, it's actually Karen going home with SpongeBob than uh, than Plankton. Uh, the guy can't win. The guy can't win at all. But yeah, it just the the slow 
evolution of Karen up to this point has been wonderful. And she would continue to grow and the character would continue to get more expressive. They would find ways for her to essentially become uh, an actual moving character along with everybody else uh, to the point that the SpongeBob musical has Karen as a character and is a wonderful part of the show. So uh, I, I absolutely love that. But here we are on the 25th anniversary of Plankton's attempts at stealing the formula, and Mr. Krabs just knows he's going to be up to something. Something is brewing. It's, it's, it's Plankton's day of all days to steal. And of course, right away, one of the first customers we get is a robot, which compared to the robot technology that we're used to seeing with Plankton, it's a pretty, um, I don't want to say weak design. I don't want to offend the guy. But uh, but it's just a, a plain-looking robot, like, so obvious that it's a robot. Um, comes into the establishment, and Mr. Krabs is like, look, I'll handle this. I'll take this customer. I know what's going on. You guys can just move out of the way. Um, and, and honestly, let's just get this out of the way first, because this is a SpongeBob podcast, and, you know, we are covering a SpongeBob episode. This is one of the least amount of voice lines that Spongebob has in an episode. Um, He's pretty much here at the beginning, right when Mr. Krabs is is explaining that it's the 25th anniversary, and then he's there at the end. So right at this point that we're getting into, Spongebob non-existent. So the robot comes up to Mr. Krabs, and uh, to Mr. Krabs' surprise, doesn't want to order a Krabby Patty, but wants to order just some coral bits. That's it. And uh, it's a very awkward transaction after that. Um, And I, you know what? They've captured something that I've had happen from uh, customer to uh, associate transactions before. Just I've had a level of awkwardness where somebody says something that, I don't know, doesn't compute with me in that moment. And I might kind of break down like Mr. Krabs here. Not in the sense that you're being rude, but where it's just that. If you look at the level of energy Mr. Krabs gave right when the robot came up and then the level of energy Mr. Krabs was giving once he accepted that all this robot wanted was coral bits and just kind of it was more of a flat experience on the on the end out. I've had that happen at least once a week. Um, There's just a moment that feels like that, like, oh, okay, here you go. And it just I don't know. I think the only example I could give is uh, somebody was buying something and I was like, hey, I we you know, we have this item like right over here. We just can just get this sticker. It's on sale. It's an extra like thirty dollars off. And the person would go, "Nah, I'm good. Those kind of moments. See, like even there, I'm like, how else do I? (laughs) That's a week. I don't know. I've had moments like that where somebody could save an extreme amount of money, like even upwards of like a 100 bucks. And it's like, hey, there's a coupon I can go and scan from this flyer. Like, let me just go and grab it. It'll take 10 seconds. And people just go, no, I'm good. Hey, it's your money. Like, But it's just that moment of instant, you don't expect that answer. Just like Mr. Krabs here. You don't expect the answer of the of the coral bits. He sees this robot. He knows it's Plankton's. Why are you not asking for a Krabby Patty? And there's a reason. Because the, the distraction was all on the robot wanting the coral bits. Mr. Krabs did not pay attention to the dollar he was handed. 
and Plankton jumps out and announces to the world that he that he shows up to steal the Krabby Patty formula. Um, a plus idea, but absolute D on execution, like almost an F, almost an F, because an F would have been you hopping out while the robot was there. You at least waited until the robot left, but Plankton, come on. You know, can you wait until the dollar is then placed into the safe? Because then that's where the formula is. He didn't think this thing through all the way. Shows back up to his home disheveled, and and now we are fully focused on Plankton. This episode, just in its title, should tell you it's a Plankton episode. We are now all about Plankton and what he's doing. He goes home very distraught over, of course, another plan being ruined, another person stepping on him, him getting crushed, or at least in this time, he was flushed down the toilet, which is funny because when Plankton was coming in, uh, Mr. Krabs had asked SpongeBob to go hose down the bathrooms as if he wanted a clean bathroom to bring Plankton into. You know, I don't want to bring him into a dirty one. I don't want him to see how, how disgusting this place can get. He needs to know it's a clean establishment. And I would honestly like to know the amount of people, like, raise your hands out there if you knew what Mr. Krabs meant when, after he flushed Plankton, he looked at the camera and he said, and it's now time for the chaser. Or, yeah. If you understood that, raise your hand. If you don't, I'm not going to be the one to explain that to you. Ah, ah, tough, tough. Go ask your parents what the chaser is. Uh, having to do with the toilet. If you don't, if you don't give that information, your parent may give you a uh, a different answer than what I intended. But um, so yeah, Plankton flushed right down the toilet, sent out of the Krusty Krab back over to the Chum Bucket, and it's through his pep talk with his wife that he comes to realize that even though he is a, a man of a small stature, that if there were a multiple amount of him, he all of the sudden wouldn't. Be so small. Oh, wow. Where have I seen this before? Reminds me a lot of the movie Bugs Life. That simple idea that even though, you know, the ants on their own are weaker than the grasshoppers, once they combine their efforts, well, now they're not so weak. And neither is Plankton with the idea that there are millions of other Plankton under the sea. And that's where the light bulb clicks in his head. Wait a minute. There's millions of other plankton in the sea. And they're family. And family helps family. I've certainly helped family. I've asked family to help me. Something you do. And uh, and the idea is ingenious. Because when you do think about it, when you actually look into the research of plankton and and the ocean and whatnot, and just how tiny they are, and how many plankton there can be in just a small amount of space of the ocean. So, it's kind of funny that up to this point, three seasons in, we've only, like, this little pocket of the ocean, we've seen one plankton. Now, of course, in the world of SpongeBob, plankton are drawn to a, you know, they're all small, but they're at least to a size that they can they can be seen roughly. And that that varies. There have been episodes that where 
Plankton's stature to even Mr. Krabs has been shrunken down just for comedic effect. Um, but, you know, they've, they've, there's a level of somewhat consistency where you could at least see a plankton. You know, comparatively to uh, an actual plankton and what we see, because we would need a telescope to see those those creatures. And that's the idea that, like, you know, we would need a telescope to even see uh, Sheldon J. Plankton, which we'll get to that in a second. But, um, yeah, he has this, this idea of, wow, I, I have all this family out there in the, in the you know, world. I can bring them all to Bikini Bottom to help me. And he, I don't want to say he gaslights himself, but he has this idea that his family are all going to be individual, diabolical, evil geniuses like himself. We get this nice little shot of all these varying plankton designs from around the world, and it, it is nice. It would be nice to get, like, the League of Super Plankton, something like that, of getting getting a bunch of actual evil plankton together for an episode. But um, he, we go through this little montage of the amount of effort he's going to mail all of his family, all of his cousins. He needs help. Come to Bikini Bottom. This is a family emergency. Calling all plankton. Please get here. Come to the chum bucket. I need your help. Um, what ends up showing up is one of my favorite bait and switches in uh, cartoon history, TV history, at least in my history of watching, at least from 1990 up till now. In the advertisements of this episode, even though they used the designs of some of these Plankton characters, they did not disclose the family aspect as far as I remember, but they definitely did not disclose the fact that this entire army of plankton that shows up are of a backwoods slash hillbilly style of both speech and stature and design, and it is beautiful. The plankton family, they're collectively one of my favorite characters of the entire show. Um, I absolutely love them. I love, like, the second... The door opened the first time I saw this episode. I distinctly remember watching it because the advertisements were so, you know, much over the course of like two to three weeks before the premiere. And they were hyping up that Plankton was going to get his hands on the Krabby Patty secret formula. Like, this is an emergency. It's going to happen. And he has an army of other Plankton like himself. And when the door opens for the first time, I didn't just die of laughter, but I immediately fell in love with these characters. And nothing that was said after the fact changed my mind. I I love these characters to, to death. Um, we meet Plankton's family. A bunch of, like I said, backwoods, hillbilly-style characters who are very well-meaning. All of them, like, you don't need to see much of these characters to just know how nice and kind and likable they are. You see the smiles on their faces and the fact that they all showed up when they heard that their cousin needed help. And family helps family. And they all show up. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to introduce you to everybody that we meet in this episode. There are literal, like Plankton even mentions, millions of Plankton, and it seems that they all showed up to uh, to help out their cousin. 
Um, but for some of the uh, the characters that we do meet, I would like to introduce you to Clem Plankton, Zeke Plankton, Rufus Plankton, Jeek Plankton, Billy Bob Plankton, Billy Jim Plankton, Billy Billy Bo Billy Banana Fana Philly Plankton, Doug Plankton, Enos Plankton, Flem Plankton, Julio Plankton, Fletcher McGee Plankton, Rainchild Plankton, Joe Plankton. Alright, I get it! Alright, yeah, that, that's enough. Um, I, I adore these characters. Um, now, when Plankton brings them inside, he, of course, like any good host, introduces them to his wife. Here is my wife, Karen. Um, the initial character, uh, Clem, kind of the main cousin here for Plankton, the the just voice for the entire family, uh, he thinks that Karen is sure purdy, and Karen comes to find out something that she should know being his wife, and we've already mentioned, and of course you already know being a Spongebob fan, but we find out for the very first time that Plankton is actually not his name. Like, it is his name, it's his surname, it's his last name, but it's not his name name. He is Sheldon. (laughs) Sheldon J. Plankton. Now, that's become very well known for Spongebob fans. It's, it's a very obvious piece of trivia, and it's all because of this episode in this moment when Karen finds out that Plankton's name is actually Sheldon. She could not control her laughter, and this is where, this is where the character of Karen, this moment here, not only one of my favorite, like, this is probably a top 10 funniest moments in SpongeBob history moment here. I, when when Sheldon comes out as a name and Karen is just not only dying of laughter but then continually just poking fun at her husband and and even when the other plankton start laughing once the once the little screen comes down and Sheldon is just written out in plain text and the crowd laughs it makes me laugh. It made me laugh when I rewatched this episode. It's just a funny moment. Uh plankton completely unplugs Karen and she shut off. And it's now time to get serious. Plankton puts down the gauntlet as to why he brought all of them here. We need to rush into the Krusty Krab, and we need to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula. Now, if my cousin asked me to go run into a a place of business to steal their property, I wouldn't necessarily ask this next question. I would have a lot more questions before I would even say yes, but... As one plankton puts it out, what's in it for us? We're going to go in there and and help you steal a a formula? What are we getting in return? Well, plankton asks his family, what do you want in return? And apparently, it's not much. All very cheap, affordable items, including a banjo string, uh, another boot. Well, you might as well just buy a pair of boots. There you go. That's not that bad. Some more computer memory. I mean, plankton has an entire laboratory with... You know, an entire computer wife. I'm sure he doesn't even have to buy anything to help his cousin out there. But then we find out that apparently a Plankton's true weakness is that of root beer. Root beer! That's right, I said it, root beer. Root beer! And as Plankton says, if you help me get the formula, I'll give you all the root beer you can have. And that's all it takes. And now Plankton has an entire army, which he brings over to the Krusty Krab... And instead of just 
rushing the the storefront and attacking Mr. Krabs, which he absolutely still does. He plays with them first. He takes out his megaphone and he starts announcing that he just now owns this establishment. He wants the Krabby Patty secret formula. Plankton is putting his foot down and he is just absolutely toying with Mr. Krabs, knowing the inevitable future ahead of him. Mr. Krabs comes out to to gloat a little bit over just the failure over 25 years. And what's interesting is this is still the same day, apparently. When we first come back to the Krusty Krab, Mr. Krabs mentions to Squidward that uh he that Plankton's been quiet all day. That it's something's gotta come up. So he was able to get his family very quickly. But uh as a you know, Mr. Krabs even says to Plankton that uh, if you think you're going to get it, you and what army? And of course, we get a shot of, of Plankton laughing, going off of the character model, one of my favorite shots, to where the camera zooms out and we don't get to see individual Planktons, but we get to see these little shades of green beans here and there all surrounding the crusty crab. And it does legitimately look like grass. And even Mr. Krabs says, like, what... You planted grass? This is all you did? This is your plan? And uh, once he hears all of the grass start laughing, he realizes he's in a bit more of a mess than I, I think he anticipated. The Plankton army runs straight into the Krusty Krab and completely take over the place. It, it's it's not even a, a 50-50 shot. It's just they own the place. There is too many Plankton to take over. And... They, as an army, are so successful that they are even able to break into Mr. Krabs' secret vault without the the combination. They're able to congeal together and form a giant ear and a giant hand to basically, you know, listen into the safe to to hear when the, the different mechanisms click so that it unlocks... The effect we get here is absolutely wonderful. As as with the grass outside, we don't get to see the plankton when the army is kind of moving with one another inside the Krusty Krab. They're not individually drawn. You get these little bits of color that are, are moving ever so slightly. But the effect is done so beautifully, and when they congeal together to form those bits, it very much reminds me of not only a visual effect we would get, but also a visual joke we would get. In a show like Chowder, which, funny enough, was created by C.H. Greenblatt, who had done a lot of work here on SpongeBob SquarePants, not necessarily this episode, but when I see this effect now, visually, both the the internal parts with the plankton and then just the joke with the ear and the hand itself, I'm like, wow, that's like a Chowder joke. Or even just visually, that reminds me of Chowder or something we would see on that show a ton. So I really like seeing that. But in no time, Plankton is able to get his hands for the very first time on the Krabby Patty secret formula. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody, hands on deck. The moment we've been waiting for. Before Plankton is able to reveal any part of the recipe, Mr. Krabs is warning him about the secret formula. It is not something that should be known, and you are not going to like it when you find out. But Plankton doesn't heed the man's warning. And moves on to read the formula for everybody to hear in the room. He doesn't just take the book and run back to the the chum bucket. He wants everybody to know what the formula is. And I'm going to read out to you what the Krabby Patty secret formula is right now, live on air. 
one pinch of salt, three teaspoons of chopped onions, a cup of love, gross, four heaping pounds of freshly ground plankton. Yeah. Now, Plankton is as shocked as anybody would be listening to that. And he and his entire family are beside themselves over this revelation. And now put yourself in the mind of the viewer in the moment of like, oh my goodness, this entire time, he he was the secret formula all along. Because there is a few moments before, once that's revealed... And you find out that this was all a diversion by Mr. Krabs. Once Plankton and the entire family exit, except for uh, except for our favorite Clem, of course, who who can't read. And uh, his exit, he's still, you know, Mr. Krabs is like, get out of here. And he just still huckles. Uh, just another little way to bring a smile to my face. We end up finding out, I didn't mention how Mr. Krabs was uh, held up this entire time, but he was shoved into the toilet just like Plankton had had been flushed earlier. Nice little poetic justice here. But once all of the Plankton are gone, and Mr. Krabs is able to unstuck himself from the toilet, we end up finding out that Squidward was shoved in the toilet first before Mr. Krabs. Therefore, Squidward was trapped inside the toilet. Now, it was taken from the bathroom, so he wasn't necessarily drowning in the toilet water, which is of a different consistency than the water surrounding all of the characters. Uh, But yeah, that's really gross. SpongeBob just kind of walks in out of frame right here at the end, of course, giving a uh, final line where the characters at first, you know, come to ask, hey, Mr. Krabs, is is this really the secret formula? And that's where it's revealed after a, you know, decent amount of time once it's said that no, no, that is not the secret formula. He, in fact placed that book in there as a diversion just in case Plankton was ever good enough to actually get into the safe. And the question then remains, well, where would the real formula then be? Squidward then makes a joke like, what is it, under your mattress at home? And Mr. Krabs runs out of the Krusty Krab very much in the same vein as Plankton running out once he finds out of the uh, secret formula and uh, runs home freaking out that Squidward would figure out where his secret hiding place is. And uh, now they're fully aware that they know Plankton will eventually figure out that it was all a lie, that the secret formula doesn't really include Plankton in it. But uh, but nonetheless, from, from beginning to end, this is an absolutely fantastic episode. But there's something else I got to note here. This is the last episode that Jay Lender and Sam Henderson uh, would get notice in the in the opening credits of a SpongeBob episode, um, I I also forgot Sean Dempsey, Jay Lender, Sam Henderson, and Sean Dempsey. This would be their last episode of of named credits here. Not to say that they wouldn't have any future input or help in any other future SpongeBob projects, whether or not it's it's the TV show or otherwise. But for all intent purposes, this is. This is it for those who worked on the show. Uh, thank you. What a swan song to go out on. Like This is, like I said, up to this point, one of the biggest single episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, the biggest, I think I mentioned. I mean, when, you're, when your show has this, has this villain whose one goal is to get a formula for a burger and your advertising is promising that he's going to get it, 
a lot of people are going to tune into that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you did as, as much as uh, with as much excitement as I did on that January day. Or for those of you who watched around the world in Canada and UK, Australia, those those other places who had gotten this episode before us, even as far back as 2002. But that is going to be this week for I'm Ready. Thank you for joining me. I cannot thank you enough. I truly appreciate it. You can reach Captain Eric at SpongePodPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any sort of questions, comments, anything you want me to read out on the air here, I have no problem doing so. You can also follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and then on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. Please check out my other podcast this week in Nickelodeon history dropping every Sunday on most conceivable podcasting platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. The link for that is in the description. There is more video content coming out before the end of July. Please keep tuned for that. And please also hit that bell for notifications so you can know anytime the captain puts something out. You can also purchase new and updated merch at the Redbubble link, either in the podcast description or in the link from any of my socials. Anything that comes in through my projects goes directly back into my projects. And as always, it's always appreciated. Even when you guys just say hi on Twitter, hi on Instagram, makes my day. I love interacting with all of you. And thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Hey, why ain't you running? Why well, can't read? Get out of here! <laughs>